pueblo que tú dirijas la ti que bien no lo compones mentiras tuyas solo mentiras porque en el barrio hay mucha alegría You're listening to 103.5 FM, WNHH, New Haven Independent.org, New Haven Independent, powered by La Voz Radio for TV. And thank you, Mr. Harry Dross, for being our engineer extraordinaire for today and getting us going here. Uh, today, I got a very special guest for everybody that's out there listening. Very special. Special to my heart, special to your heart. Uh, he's a community activist. He's been around longer than, uh, I guess, uh, the town, uh, the green downtown. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Darnell Goldson <laughs> is in the building. <laughs> Darnell, thank you very much, Darnell. You right now, I mean, you sat on many, many boards right now. You sit on the Board of Education. That's, that's one of your final destinations, I guess, yes. in the community uh, activism. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Until you get called upon to come back. You, you also, I, I'm sure I will eventually. You were part of Community Action Agency. Yes. Uh, you were part. Uh, you were on the board of Aldermen. Yes. You have served in New Haven, up and down, left and right. I've, I've listen. I've served out of New Haven, um, New, New Hallville um, Corporation. I was the president of that board for a while. As you said, the Community Action Agency, both on the board and as director for for five years. Um, I've I've worked for um, several mayors, Daniels. I, I worked for um, Stefano. I worked at the state legislature for a couple of years for um, Blumenthal when he was a state senator, and Walter mm-hmm. Brooks when he was a rep. Mm. I um, I've done a, I've, I've been around for a little while, uh, a, a long while, <laughs> <laughs> a long long while. So I mean, let, let's go. I, I, my style is to really go back and, and get to know people, right. get to know and introduce people to the to the community. I mean, many many anyone who's anyone in New Haven knows who you are, um, but for the for people who don't know the transplants and the young people. Uh, let's go back a little bit. What was you? Where were you from? Were you from New Haven? I was where? born and raised in New Haven. I was born on Orchard Street, actually, at the old Grace Hospital that now is um, St. Raphael's. Well, now is Yale. That was Yale. <laughs> that was Yale. <laughs> I was. Um, I I went to school at um, Ivy Street School, which is now a oh. homeless shelter. Yep, yep. And um, was Dyson one of your teachers back Dyson, then? Yes, he was. <laughs> Bill Dyson was was one of my teachers, and and um, I I distinctly remember one time acting out in camp and him picking me up. And at the at those times, you know, they were able to kind of discipline you a little. <laughs> And I remember him carrying me to the bus and not coming out of my nose and crying in the whole bit. Um, absolutely. Um, he's, he's a, he's a hero of mine. Um, it still looks young as heck. That's <laughs> um, all my triple A's yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Dropping yeah. knowledge. Like, is it like, it was nothing. That's right. I, I went to, um, went to Lincoln Bassett. Okay. Uh, I, I went to, um, I went to St. John the Baptist over on Dixwell Avenue. Mm-hmm. They're not having a controversy about with, uh, with the App Foundation. Mm-hmm. I, um, I attended um, Sharon Junior High School when it was okay. seventh and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, it was very diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I still have a lot of good friends from, from those years. I, um, 
graduated from Hill House High School. Okay. Um, left um, for a few years to attend Tufts University in, in, okay. mm-hmm. in, in the Boston area, Medford, Massachusetts. I I probably lived in a quarter of the states in this country. <laughs> I love to travel. I, you know, I took advantage of opportunities, Carolina, California, Florida, Houston, you know, I, 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 Texas. I've I've gone where where my heart has desired over the years. Nice. Um, I came back about twenty five years ago for a visit, and mm. I met my wife uh. and got married, and um, and, and been here ever since. Um, I've been back ever since. So. I, I know you, we live in the, the illustrious Beaver Hill community out yes. there. We can, I mean, when people say I New Haven, but we live in Beaver Hills. I mean, it is. A livable city, but you, you know, I, my the first the first house that we bought, my wife and I, was um, on on Rock Street in um, in East Rock, mm-hmm. right? And and our house abutted East Rock, mm. uh, but uh, it was a smaller house. And when we had my daughter, we had already had my son. Uh, when we had my daughter, we needed to get a bigger place, so we bought a place um, over in, in Beaver Hills, West West Rock area, mm-hmm. that now is a, a butts the um, West Rock part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, when we first bought it 20, 25 years ago, I loved, I used to love to walk those trails. Uh, know, yep, I, yeah, I, I still do. Yeah, I still do. I don't have the energy anymore after, uh, after going. Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But, but I, I used to love to do it, walk the dogs up there mm-hmm. and, and, and see all the animals up there. My wife still gets excited every time she sees a deer, even though we see them like every day and they come <laughs> in our yard and poop in the whole thing. But, <laughs> Yeah, I, I love it. I like I like I like those problems. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I yeah, love those it. are privileged problems. Yes. A deer. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I love sitting on my deck during the summer. I sat on my deck and like and, and recorded t- different types of birds that would come into my bird mm. feeder. Nice. New Haven, New <laughs> the the Beaver Hill area, of New Haven. If anyone's looking for a home, it's, it's absolutely really really nice. Um, yeah. So let's let's move on now. Uh, you were, you got involved in many, many agencies, and you served on the board uh, of different agencies. What advice do you have to people out there that, because you know, right now, you know, like you say, you don't have the energy. So who do who are you encouraging to do this, and and what are the, some of the reasons they should be involved? You know, it's frustrating because for many years I worked from the outside looking in and thinking that I could want to change it. And I thought, well, maybe if I was on the inside, I'll, I'll have a better chance of changing the system. Um, so I got on the inside. You know, I ran for office. I ran for alderman. I, you know, I ran for the board of ed. Um, and I have found that that is just as difficult, if not more difficult, uh, working from the inside making the changes as it is from the outside. You get more knowledge. You're more familiar with what the problems are. Mm-hmm. And, and and you have ideals on how to, to solve those problems. But um, – you know, these bureaucracies have been in place for a while, and people have, a lot, a lot of people have self-interest that don't match with what mm. I think the interest of the people in the community. Mm-hmm. And um, and they, they join the system, and they get fat, and then they leave. You know, they mm-hmm. all, I mean, you know, I can't tell you how many people on the board of Alders, when I was on the board of Alders, had relationships with organizations that we were funding. You know, mm. I think something like 11 of them worked at the Board of Education. Mm. You know, and we fund the Board of Education. So mm. they weren't going to make any real major changes to the Board of Education that would, you know, that would impact their ability to be able to continue to, to make yeah, Conflict of there. interest. Conflict yeah, of interest. Conflict, and, and we have the same thing on the Board of Ed now. I mean, we have seven members on the Board of Ed, five, four who are appointed by the mayor, the mayor being the fifth member, and mm. only two elected members. 
And um, several of those members have financial relationships with the Board of Ed. They, they work for organizations or serve as leaders of organizations um, that receive money from the Board of Ed hmm. or have family members <laughs> that work at the Board of Ed. So it's, it's, you know, it's frustrating because I don't have any of those connections. So I'm able to make decisions not based on, on whether it's going to affect my family or my friends, but how it's going to affect the students and the teachers of this district. Hmm. So it's frustrating being in the system and seeing how it's abused like that. Wow. So to catch everyone up, you're listening to uh, 103.5 FM, WNHH, New Haven Independent.org. I'm with Darnell Goldson, and we are tapping into his uh, his tenure now on the Board of Education, and he's reflecting a little bit on the conflicts of interest that exist in the Board of Education. We, I mean, we can stick we can stick and talk about the Board of Ed eh, all we have, day. We don't have to. We, we, we don't have yeah, to, yeah. but I, I would like to. I would like to simply say, um, my question is, we're going to keep it moving with the Board of Ed. I mean, we understand this conflict of interest. We understand that last year, I guess we misnumbered the days of the students needed to be there. Unbelievable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My sources are telling me that uh, uh, the New Haven did not stick to the reading curriculum that was set forth by the state. Am I correct in in that? Okay. So now we are here. Um, looking for a new superintendent. So can you, um, we're going to, I want to talk about that process because a lot of people are not, are not aware of how much money and time it takes to look for a superintendent and how inconvenient it is for our students and the progression, especially coming out of COVID that we have many, many, many kids that are like being graduated or put passed on without having basic skills and knowledge because of COVID. Who are we looking for? And, well, can you explain the process? How, how does it? I, I got to be honest work? with you. I um I was hoping that we wouldn't be here. I I was I was praying that we weren't going to need to look for another superintendent until after I left the board at the end of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I I really did uh, because it is a it is a long process. It's a consuming process, and it's a very political process. Um. Can you say that last one? Is it a very political process? Um, There are already, there is probably one candidate already that the um, leadership of the board uh, that I'm not a part of at this point Mm -hmm. are focusing on. And we haven't even started, we haven't really started the process yet. Wait, wait, wait. So she's she's retiring when? She, um, her last day um, of work is June 30th. June 30th. 2023. Okay, so so we got until the end of the school year, basically. That's right. And so the process hasn't even started to to replace. Well, well, the process it's in its very early stages. What we did was um, at the last board meeting, we we formed what you call a personnel committee Mm -hmm. um, of the board members who can now legally meet and discuss the search without doing it in public. Mm. And and you want to have some privacy around that because people who are interested in applying um, more than likely work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So the last thing you want to do is to put them on a, especially those who are not going to make the finals mm-hmm. to have their names out there and, 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 and could affect where they currently work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so we have a process right now where 
were able to meet in private. They call it like executive session, mm-hmm. um, where the, where the where notes are not taken, and where um, the um, the information doesn't become recorded mm. as public information. Mm-hmm. So we we just passed we we just passed that resolution last week. I know that the um, what we're going to do is hire a firm, which is going to help us um, advertise the position because it's going to apparently be a nationwide search. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 yeah, right. So, they all they always are. By the always, way, I, yeah. I know people always think you know they, they they see that we they select someone local or someone that's known to somebody, which is the political part of this. But this is a nationwide search. Right. I, I, mean, I think we have some some some. Decent local candidates, both local in New Haven and in the state, um, who could step up to the plate. Uh, but it, it doesn't hurt, and it actually helps to look at what else is out there um, and um, see if we can bring somebody in who's dynamic, um, who doesn't have the political connections to that, that, that won't be forced early on to make those decisions mm. based on political connections. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's an advantage to that. Uh, the disadvantage is if you make the wrong decisions and, and you and you piss off a large enough community, then, you know, like our last um, superintendent, you're doomed for failure. Mm. Um, so we have to have someone who's who's politically savvy, but not but it's not driven by politics. Yeah, and then and there's a distinction there. They must be aware of the of, and New Haven is a very very political city. Yes, it well, is. I'll be honest with you. Anywhere you go in the world right now is political. I mean, Absolutely. I go to Maui, and the politics there are, are insane because of the money that's involved that's in, right. in those areas. There's, I mean, it's billions of dollars, even though it's a small place. Absolutely. New Haven is like the same. I mean, we have billions of dollars here. We, yes. we, we have uh, our largest employer, Yale University and Yale Hospital. Yes. I mean, there's not, they're not yes. Rikadine, they're not Rikadine yes. Corps. These are you. these are Fortune five hundreds. If you put them, you know, if you really look at the money that they got, and especially the endowment at the university. Um, so, so the search is beginning. Uh, what would be the next step? So you got you're in the executive committee. No notes. You're looking at at, at you know the next step. How, my question is is how much does it cost for this firm? It's probably, I think, the last time we paid for a firm like that was somewhere between fifty and eighty thousand dollars. I can't remember the exact. Cost. So, so for those people out there, this is the expense of looking for a superintendent. No, no, that's just hiring the firm. That's oh, that's not, just hiring the firm. That's, that's, not not super- for, that's not paying for the advertisements. I mean, that that's it, it'll probably be a seventy. Altogether, it could get up to a hundred thousand dollars easily. A hundred thousand dollars to search for a superintendent. This is not something to scoff at. I mean, no. it, it comes out of the budget for it's not about our general fund budget. I mean, it, unless we get some 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 high, unless we get some angel out there to pay mm-hmm. for it, um, mm-hmm. it's more than likely going to come out of, out of our general general fund budget. general fund budget. Yeah. And then so we're basically taking away from the kids and in, in in the grand scheme of yeah. things because that's a a hundred thousand dollars. I yeah. mean, could. But That's a know, lot of computers. If if we really want to do a a real search, and if we really want to do a national search, it, it to um, be done right. You, you want to do it right. It, so. You got to have the people that have the the connections out there to do that. Mm-hmm. And we, as our HR department, does, could doesn't even have the 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 resources right now to do searches for teachers, adequate searches for teachers. <laughs> um, so which which we are short. We're in short supply right. of. And 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 it's that the people in that department are great. 
Mm-hmm. But we have like three or four people in that department. With, so Hartford has 25, 20, 25 people in their HR department. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you get what you pay for. It. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're only going to pay for a four or five person office, mm-hmm. then we're going to get four or five person results when mm-hmm. it comes to trying to compete for, the, for these teachers in this state. Mm-hmm. And, and it, has, it has more to do with well, less to do with money, because, I mean, we, we pay pretty good as a school system per teacher. It's not like... No, we don't. We do not. Oh, absolutely not. We we actually... One of the reasons why we're uh, we're having problems recruiting and retaining teachers Retaining, yeah, retention. Is because we don't pay well. We're mm. probably, out of the urban districts, we're probably close to last in terms of how much we pay. And certainly in the suburban districts, we're getting killed by it. Ten, eleven thousand, twelve thousand dollars per position. We do you know? And I didn't learn this until I joined the board seven years ago. We start off our 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 starting teachers, mm-hmm. teachers who are like out just of college, out of college, yeah, fresh. have seventy, eighty, hundred thousand dollars in in school debt. We start them off at forty five thousand dollars. That's nothing. We start our janitors off at fifty two. Mm. We pay janitors higher starting <laughs> rates than we do our teachers. Now, the what the argument that, is that, well, teachers have steps. They could get higher eventually the longer they stay. I guess that makes sense. Uh, but still, I mean, these these people have our kids for, for almost as long as we have them during the day. Mm-hmm. You know, they spend as mm-hmm. much time in school mm-hmm. as they spend the week at home. Um, and they're learning how to be citizens, mm-hmm. how to be able to read and write and, and count, mm-hmm. you know, and be able to function as a society. And we, we start their teachers off at $45,000. It's embarrassing. So the, uh, one of the, the, the biggest arguments that I've heard from people is that maybe the board of ed is too top heavy in regards to administration. And uh, I guess uh, all these, uh, <laughs> everyone that basically downtown or, uh, in the building, there's more people in the building getting paid than there is spread out through the whole system. Well, I think you will see from from my seven years on the board and my advocacy that I sort of kind of agree with that argument. Okay. Um, I, I think we are a little top heavy. I think uh, we're we're very quick as a board to approve new uh, administrative positions that are one hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty, two hundred thousand dollars, and annual raises of somewhere around four or five thousand dollars per position. Mm. Um, and then when we have to, when we, when we, we have a discussion about raising our paraprofessionals salaries by 25 to 50 cents an hour, um, we, we get this, this whole, dis, you know, discussion around how we can't afford it. And so there's pushback on a pair of paraprofessionals. More than pushback. <laughs> I mean, up until this year, I've been arguing for them for seven years. We finally got them some raises last year during the pandemic. Mm. Uh, finally uh, wow. got them some raises after like being on the board for five years uh, getting uh, raises of like 25 cents an hour and that's nothing i mean i mean it's uh, how much is a paraprofessional getting an hourly on average uh, was they, the, the range? they work 19 hours uh, a week uh, well the part-timers work 19 hours a week um a full-time paraprofessional you know, you know 35 40 hours a week whatever it is Starts off at something like twenty two thousand, twenty three thousand. Wow. Yeah. Twenty two thousand dollars in New yeah. Haven. You know that's 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 just rent. And, and and well, that's not even rent because that's before the health benefits taken out of it. <laughs> and the, the taxes. And the taxes. <laughs> uh, so we're we're yeah. talking. You're talking about forty percent away from that. So yeah. we're we're around the twelve thousand. These are people fourteen thousand dollars a year. These are not people with high school diplomas. 
These are people with actual BAs mm. who, who are starting at twenty two thousand. Twenty two thousand. I mean, yeah. and then you wonder how they cannot pay back those student loans that, that are just ridiculous right now. It's it's, yeah. it's killing everyone. I just don't. How does anyone live on twenty two? I mean, that's like that's like a Social Security um, salary right there. That's like an elderly person on Social Security. Yeah, the, and and in New Haven, with the cost of living here, is it is not really keeping up with the cost no. of living and the cost no. of the for prices. Because if you go to Shop and Shop right now, you can't. You go there with twenty dollars, you ain't you leaving with like three pieces of bread. I'm looking at these 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 rental prices now. Uh, I mean, yo, know, two yep. three bedroom apartment for twenty five hundred three thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I luckily we I own my house, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know we pretty much have a fixed mortgage, yep. you know. Um, yep. Goes up a little every year because of taxes and so on, but because my my taxes are rolled into my my mortgage payment mm-hmm. and my insurance and so on, so it goes up a little bit every year. But I can't, you know, I can't imagine paying three thousand dollars to live in somebody else's house and pay their rent. Yeah, yeah, because our home ownership doesn't keep up with inflation. Once we we're locked into those rates and stuff, we're locked into pretty much. Thing, especially if you refinance, I mean, you really get a nice little cushion and you can live. I mean, we were looking at our numbers too. We were like. Isn't it, it would be impossible for us to go and rent a three bedroom apartment? And these mega landlords are buying up these properties left and now, right yeah, now. Now you're talking about Mandy. We're talking about oh, uh, Mandy uh, uh, Pike Street from me. Pike International. Oh, it's so frustrating mm-hmm. because because now they're moving into the single family department. Before it was a multifamily. They took not, all the multifamilies. Right now they're buying up all the single family. It's a single family, and they don't keep the property up. Oh, they do not. There's garbage no. all around, the, and, it, and, it, and the wind blows it over into my yard. And I don't care how many times you tell them they don't they don't clean it up. No, they do not. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest gripes with um, with these mega landlords mm-hmm. that we have. And, you know, on top of violations and top of not keeping them, the, you know, safety issues and, mm-hmm. you know, LCI is always on time, you know, ending out, uh, you know, fines and all that. Um, so final thing on the Board of Ed. Yes. What 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 is the goal then? What what what, what will be your ideal candidate? And um I guess it's a two part question. The second part is, um, does that is that candidate, you know, gonna be entrusted with trying to, to correct this, you know, right this ship a little bit? I answer the first question. The, okay. the second question first. No. Okay. They won't. All right. Because there will always be the political interference from the guy who appoints four other um people to that board. Okay. And and as you have seen um over the last two years. He hasn't taken any leadership role on education in this city um, um, at all. Mm. I mean, we have a we have a reading and math crisis <laughs> with our students. Please, and and we haven't heard a peep out of him or his office. John DeStefano would have put together a task force of every community leader in this city. He would have brought Yale to the table. He would have brought. He would have brought community foundation. He would have brought everybody to the table and said, "How do we solve this problem?" Mm-hmm. Okay, and 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 and, and Tony Hart, when we were having a reading problem when she was mayor, she put together a reading task force to to figure out how to put it together. Now, how successful some of these were, you know, you could debate that, mm-hmm. but at least they did something. Mm. This mayor hasn't hasn't said a peep. Hasn't said a peep. I mean, our kids went one day short last year. Mm-hmm. Of um, school, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it technically was a breach of contract, it's breach of state law. <laughs> not a peep, not a peep out of him, or no leadership from him whatsoever. Um, that you know, 
to me, I'm not trying to be political at this point. There's no campaign for mayor at this point. So this is not a, a shot at him to try to hurt him in a, mm-hmm. in a campaign. The fact is somebody has to take uh, um, responsibility, has to take leadership, has to move this forward. And he has he has five board members mm-hmm. on the, out of seven members on the board, actually six, because, you know, Dr. Joyner is, is, you know, he says at every meeting how much he loves the mayor. So he clearly is, is his guy. <laughs> Um, and, um, and, and they haven't, they haven't done anything. You know, the superintendent is leaving. So she's kind of cruising now. She's not going to take any leadership role. Mm-hmm. She's fighting with the unions right now, publicly fighting with the unions, sending out memos to them every morning. So do I think that a new superintendent coming in is going to have the ability to actually lead? I don't, I, I don't think so. Um, so then, then why are we going to spend a hundred thousand dollars for another puppet that's not going to go ahead and take initiative and make things right? Some, that's a question for somebody else. That's why I said I did want to be a part of. I was hoping that um, this superintendent would stay on for at least another year. So you, then, wouldn't, you wouldn't have to do deal with the political right, process, but but she was pretty much forced out. Um, this wasn't you know her want to go off into the sunset. That's my understanding too. That it, this was not her decision. It, it, she was forced. She was forced out. And so now, now, was she forced out by the community or was she forced out by the powers that be? By the, by the powers that be. By the powers that be. Um, I, you know, I still have a lot of respect for her. She and I disagree on a lot of things, but I have a lot of respect for her because mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's been in the system for, she's been in, in education for a long time. She's earned um, her right to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, on um, positive terms. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to discuss the process that led to her being forced out. Mm. Uh, but I, but I can tell you, uh, again, it was a political, it was a political process, and it's embarrassing that I was a part of it. I, I screamed from the rooftops. I didn't want it to go in that direction, and it did. So no, I don't think um, that the, the uh, next person will be able right. to have. To, what was your first question? Now the first question is: Was it, it is who is your ideal candidate? Oh, right. Before we go there, I want to remind right. everyone you're listening to keeping it 100. Right now <laughs> with Donnell Goldson, who's keeping it 100 with us, sitting on the board of education right now, and he's uh, educating us on the process that we're dealing with right now, which is look look for new superintendent. This is 103.5 FM WNHH. Who is the ideal candidate that you're looking for? Uh, my, my ideal candidate is a is a is a superintendent who's not afraid to come in, roll up his sleeves. Uh, you, you know, my ideal candidate is John Dow. I don't know if you remember <laughs> wow, John Dow. That's before my time, sir. John before Dow, my time. John Wait. Dow was a kind of guy that came in and didn't care about upsetting the apple cart. You know, he upset parents because he told parents, "You are going to come to your students' orientation." Um, for school, or your student is not going to be enrolled until you did. So he wow. made those parents come. He made those parents participate um, in their children's education. For folks like us, like mm-hmm. me and you, who are used to doing that, it's, yeah. it, it, it seems you know like no big deal. But I tell you, he took a lot of heat from a lot of parents who didn't think um, that they should have to do that. Um, to be part of the people, to be part of the child's education. I don't, I don't understand that. I can't explain it, but I, but he took some heat for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he also took some heat from the political, uh, from the mayor at the time, mm. because he fought for additional funding. He fought for he fought for what he thought was good for the system, and the mayor at the time didn't want to agree with him on what he fought for, or didn't want to be as 
much of an advocate as he was. So he took some political heat there. Um, I, you know, that kind of superintendent is probably not going to be successful in the city. But but I, but I think that that they have to come and have to try. I mean, you know, look, I was a student when John died, or just barely. I, I don't know if I if I was just out of school or not. Uh, but I remember that he was a fighter. You know, and he had the educational credentials behind him to be that fighter. Um, so I, I, I want a John Dow type superintendent. So you need a John Dow 2.0 <laughs> millennial, a little bit uh, hip on the TikTok, maybe, Absolutely. And, but with, 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 but grounded in education first, and and making sure that parents either learn how to advocate or force them to advocate for their children. That's right. Which is something that's very, very needed in this city. I mean, you can't, people treat the education system like a babysitter. Yes, they do. And they, they, do. they, they don't realize that it, this is a resource. This is not a, a, a daycare. Listen, we moved away from, from sending our kids to school to be educated to sending our school, kids to school to be babysat to be fed. I mean, when I was a kid, when you were a kid, mm -hmm. we had lunchboxes. Mm -hmm. We bought our lunch. Yeah, I school. remember. Yep. Now, I understand for those people that may not be able to afford it, providing them with assistance, but now it's expected, you know, and and unfortunately, the kids don't eat in the school. They don't eat the lunches in the school because they're so bad. <laughs> I, I actually went a couple of years ago, and I went and sat down. I think it was, I don't know if it was Crosser Hill House, and ate lunch. Mm -hmm. And it actually tasted like cardboard. It was terrible. It was my, absolutely my daughter terrible. goes to Hopkins now. <laughs> she talk, told me, Dad, the other day they had brisket out. <laughs> and we pay a lot of money for that food. I, I, yeah, in the millions. And, 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 and it is not the fault of the people that work in the cafeteria system. They put their love into what they what they, uh, what provided they do. with, yeah. But, but they're provided with garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, it, it's... Non-nutritional. There's no nutritional value to this stuff. Here's the thing. You know, we want to provide the food, but we want to provide it at the lowest possible cost. Well, so, again, you know, I, I remember this movie. I was just talking to someone about it the other day, of Armageddon, mm -hmm. where these where these um, drillers are getting ready to go and go to a um, asteroid, mm -hmm. destroy the asteroid before it hits mm -hmm. the Earth. Mm -hmm. and, and they were strapping the guy in. And then on top of this, of course, this huge rocket that's going to take him there, right? He says... You know the irony of the fact that we're sitting on top of a rocket that was built by the lowest possible bidder, <laughs> you know, you know, and that's how like, and that's how we built it. it we built our systems here. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, especially in New Haven, we yeah. go with the lowest bidder. Yeah, you know, and, even and, if they're not even certified or licensed. Yeah, and, and, and he's, he's he's right. You know, it's like and those kind of things you want to get the best, not the lowest. You know, and, mm -hmm. and with our food, I think we get. The lowest. So you think that the, the, the bidding system here in the Board of Aldermen needs to be relooked at yeah, and, and, and uh, revised? Because you're right. If we're, if we're going to focus on quality versus, you know, quantity or whatever you want to look at it, you know, price, I guess. I, I, it, it, well, in terms of food, I think there's a whole lot of different things. To do. Um, but I'm not a food expert. But, mm -hmm. but when, I, when, I, when I first became president of the board, I put together what we call the um, food task force. Mm -hmm. And their mission was to figure out how to best, best provide how to best provide meals to kids that kids would actually eat mm. and that would provide them with sustenance. sustenance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that task force still exists. I don't know if they have the same, I don't sit on the task force, so I don't know mm. if they have the same goals, uh, but we brought community people, parents, um, staff, board members together to try to, 
Well, I, I'm having an issue right now. I, I, I don't think it's really working because my uh, four-year-old goes to uh, Monteseri and he will refuse to eat their lunch. I got to send some chicken nuggets with him every day. Oh, I, you know, my kids, my kids wouldn't eat the, um, wouldn't eat the food. I mean, they, they were funny acting any time, anyhow about, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how they ate and, and that food. And I, that's my problem at home. He's funny at home. And then you, you expect me to send him to there and then, you know. He, I wouldn't eat it. I mean, I told you, I went there once <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it was atrocious. But well, you know horrible. what? Maybe that should be a nice little field trip for the Board of Ed to go down and have lunch together. That's in the cafeteria. a good idea. And if I was still president, I would make sure I put that together. But, you know, I think the president has different, the current president has different goals that I've had. Um, <laughs> that's uh, true. On the board. So, but that's a good idea. And I will ab- ab- absolutely suggest that we do a field trip. Well, we can't even get the board members in the same room for a board member, right? Board meeting right now. No, you know, we're still meeting remotely. Um. Yeah. Is it because of COVID or just the timing? Convenience. Oh, convenience. I, I mean, you know, COVID. I mean, COVID is still out there, but we still send our kids to school. We send our teachers to school. They're not wearing masks anymore. So, so why can't the board members start meeting in public again? Wow. That and, and we're not I mean, even. You know why? Because I, I just think they're just afraid because of the crowds. I think it's it's safer to be behind a computer because you don't have to deal with the public. That's what the teachers were saying um, at one, at Tuesday's meeting. They were saying, why aren't you guys meeting the public anymore? You could see us. We could sit in the audience. We don't all have to talk. Mm-hmm. We can put 150 people in here to let you know how we feel about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you decide to hide behind the screen. Yeah. And then and then it, it gives the, the board president um, extra power that she, she shouldn't have. I mean, the other day I was trying to speak. I was interrupted by a board member. And the normally if I interrupt a board member, the board president says, you're out of order. I say, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I mm-hmm. back up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This board member wouldn't stop, and the board president wouldn't stop this board member. And then when I tried to ask for the board president's assistance in allowing me to get my opinion out there, she muted me. Wow. To the point where I just left the meeting. I said, if you're not going to hear my opinion here, I still have a voice. I'll put it out there in public. You know. Well, then that's the thing. You are very revered in our, in our community as a person who steps up and says something um, and, and do some, does something. I mean, you... Your actions and, and it, it is, are it themselves. It has caused them to, to launch at least two investigations against me. At least. Two, two, <laughs> two investigations that they paid money for. You know, one of them, the first one I think was somewhere around $40,000. The second one was um, it had gotten to $26,000. And when the board balked at that, the um, the contractor agreed to 19800 and something because it was just below the 20000 mark mm-hmm. where the superintendent could pay it without board approval. Mm-hmm. So, and this is all costing, this costs money. I mean, the, these are computers. I mean, you know what it is to have, you know, $60,000 worth of computers? Because I opened my mouth. Because, 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 because I dared to have an opinion. And obviously, uh, I don't know. I think is it is it. Do you think that that's a New Haven problem? That when someone has an opinion that goes against the, I guess, majority of who's ever in the room, that that person is really targeted and and try to be pegged and put into a corner. I doubt if it's just a New Haven problem, uh, but I'm in the middle of it, so so I see it firsthand. I'm I'm sure it's happening in other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but again. You oftentimes find that these folks, most of the time, these folks that sit on these boards have these kind of relationships, these kind of incestuous relationships with the boards that they sit on. So they don't make it. When I, went, when I first went to the community action agency, um, I was hearing from lower level staff all of these rumors about all of this corruption um, mm-hmm. at the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started kind of digging into it. 
and found out, yeah, all of the leaders in that organization were doing stuff. I mean, one of them actually went to jail. The finance director actually mm -hmm, went to jail. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They all were doing stuff, but they weren't squealing at each other because they all had their little fiefdoms mm -hmm. where they were where they were getting their little hustles on. Mm -hmm. The guy that was running the weatherization program had his hustle going on. The guy that was running the energy program had his hustle going on. Oh. You know, and you know, and the feds when they came in, they they knocked off the finance director, and they only knocked her off. She she was there for twenty years. They only did two or three years worth of of, of work because you know, they got their they got their conviction, so they just mm, moved on. Okay, you know, they didn't even care about cleaning up the place. They just cared about getting their little headline, getting their one conviction, and moving on. This lady had a hundred thousand dollar a year pension. Wow, and we couldn't touch. She over a two three year period, I think it was like two point five million dollars that they recorded that she had taken. And mm -hmm. she had to pay restitution on, and she was paying like $100 a month mm. in restitution. She went to jail. I don't know what her sentence was, but she only ended up spending like four or five months in jail. Mm -hmm. um, and so after 20 years of robbing the place blind, the largest anti-poverty agency in the state, mm -hmm. well, in the region, in the region one of the now. largest yeah. in, in the state. This is now and when Hartford here, yep. You know, she walked away with a hundred dollars a month restitution. Couldn't touch her house, couldn't touch her pension. You know, and and that was poor people's money. Mm. Uh, and then and then and then we got the Brett Favre's of the world. <laughs> then they investigate me. And they investigate. There are people on our board now who have who have relationships who get money from the organization. It, you know, from 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 the organization. Um, or their family members get money from the organization. They don't get investigated, but they investigate me because I ask about contracts. And how wow. they... <laughs> this is keeping in 100 with Jose Candelario. You got me running and, and Yeah, I see you. I, I, I might be investigated by the end of this uh, podcast uh, for having this gentleman on who obviously voices his opinion um, and people do listen. I mean, people listen. It's pretty obvious that they listen because if not, they wouldn't be opening investigations or trying to disrupt your your livelihood because it seems that you're disrupting other people's livelihoods, even no matter how uh, sketchy it may be yeah. within the, the confines or, the, you know, the gray areas within our organization. Yeah. Um, so with that said, we're going to move on here. And, uh, yeah, I know. I see you, draw. So all you got to do, draw. you can just tell me. <laughs> Ten minutes. Okay. Wow, that went by quick. <laughs> you see how that works? Um, you, we we talked uh, We were talking yesterday how you don't have the energy, right. and um, obviously you still do. Okay, that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Uh, you've been battling um, cancer. Yes. Uh, uh, lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's And uh, you've been going. You've been going through it. Yes. Doing the uh, the chemotherapy. We had. Uh, we were having conversations because. Um, as, as a fellow cancer survivor, it is, I understand the difficulties yeah. you're going through that the average person might have empathy towards you, but you know, you really don't want to know what, what this is. You, you know, um, I'm just happy to be able to grow hair again, you know, and to be able to have taste, you know, I, you know, my taste buds were going during the chemo. Basic. My, these are basic things. Yeah. My hair disappeared. I slept for two or three days at a time. And when I was up, I was really just moving from the bed to the couch. You know, I ate soup. Um, you know, uh, basically was my diet because everything else just didn't make me feel well. And it did, I couldn't taste it. So what was the use of, of eating it? Um, I, I am 
you know, I was I had a very aggressive um, chemo um, mm-hmm. schedule. Mm-hmm. Most people will do um, twenty every twenty one days. You'll do one day of chemo. Yep. You know, like four or five yep, hours. That's, that's whatever average. It is. Yep. I was doing five days of chemo every twenty one days. Every twenty one days, I had to go get hooked up to a chemo bag and actually carry it around um, with me hooked into my port. Uh, for five days, I was my, my wife's birthday party with the chemo bag mm-hmm. um, attached to me. Um, you know, you lose your, your your color. You know, it's you know, it's it's. I don't have much anyhow, but <laughs> but I, I remember looking at a picture one day. And I kept saying, "Why do my lips look so purple?" You know, you just don't realize the stuff that's happening. I looked in the mirror one day, and my hair was gone. I just didn't. It just happens without you even thinking about it and whatnot. But you know, that, those 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 are simple things. Those are simple things. Yeah. Uh, my question is, how did you how did you discover what was what was the what was those it, first initial days and and how did that? My my wife saved my life. I got to tell you, because um, as a man, you know, we kind of like have these things and we don't go to the doctor. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And, and my wife kept it. making me go into the doctor, kept making me go into. The doctor. I was having all kinds of stuff. I was having blood in in my um, stool. Mm-hmm. I was urinating blood i was doing all and they couldn't find this is like two years two and a half years of this mm-hmm. and they just couldn't figure out what was going on mm-hmm. um and they did a couple of um because my bladder was also um, enlarged mm-hmm. you know they were focusing on the bladder stuff mm-hmm. sending me to urologists um and one day they were doing a, a, a cat scan or, or a scan of my bladder area, wow. and they went a little higher than uh-huh. they normally go. They mm-hmm. also did um, my uh, my, my uh, waist and, and a little higher, mm-hmm. and they discovered a growth on my pancreas. Okay. And the urologist said, oh, you need to go and get this checked out immediately. Mm-hmm. I'm setting an appointment mm-hmm. for you now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went and got a biopsy, and they discovered that it was cancer. Uh, wow. So then um, I went I went to Smilo, you know, which is terrific. Shout out to Smilo because uh, that's where I had my treatment also. Yeah, I, you know, um, terrific. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they, they were great. The doctors were great. The nurses were great. The the treatment was, you know, I, I may not have liked it, but it was great. You know, because, because yep. it, the service, the, the level of service at Smilo yes. is is second to none. I mean, yes. it's a first class institution yes. there. Yes, and um, they they, they first um. They they first were going to do the normal chemo, you yep. know, um, mm-hmm. twenty one days one day treatment, um, and they did some additional tests and said that I had a very aggressive type of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, they did some sort of DNA on it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so they moved me to the five days, um, every twenty one days. Wow. Um, and and this process, of course, when people who have had chemo, for for those who don't are not aware. When you have chemo, you you go through um you have you suffer from like chemo brain or chemo, yeah. uh, brain fog or chemo fog whatever they want to call it. I mean, you have uh in the energy level. So you say that this has really slowed you down. Chemo poisons you. I it's mean, a that's poison. what it does. It, it, it kills it, every healthy and bad cell in your body. That's exactly what it does. And so it's not just about attacking the cancer; it attacks the entire body to make sure. I mean, not only on, on that, but I also had to in order to make sure that it didn't get into my spinal and, and, and my brain. Um, I also had to get these shots into my, these um, chemo shots into my spinal cord. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's a fun process right there. Why not? And I, I had a pretty good doctor who was very, he was very good at doing it as painlessly as possible. Mm-hmm. And then one day he was on vacation. One week he was on vacation 
and they had this other doctor in, and she killed me. My wife was so upset that she was sitting in the room while it was happening. Mm-hmm. And she was so upset because she thought that the doctor wasn't being as sensitive as, as the other doctor was. Uh, but it, it is not a fun process, man. It is not a fun process. Absolutely. Shout out to your wife. Yes. Um, those who are closest to us suffer even more sometimes than we do. She uh, made me go to the doctor. She made and then me go she to the took doctor. care of me. Uh-huh. Uh, when it, I, I collapsed twice. I had to be hospitalized twice when I actually fell out. Wow. Uh, because. That, I mean, that's a lot of chemo. I mean, it's that's a, a lot, it's of, a lot chemo. of chemo. And I wasn't hydrating well either. Uh, so um, the first time I fell out, they came in. Your heartbeat is normally around 70 to 90 mm-hmm. beats a minute. I was at 30. I, wow. mean, I, I was out of it. I, mean, I, you know, I woke up and she was on top of me smacking my face. and I couldn't figure out what was going on. You know, I was like, what did I do? Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. I had fallen out, didn't even know it, you know. Wow. So your wife saved you so many times, yes. in so many different ways. Yes, yes. And you're here now. You say life has slowed you down, so you can enjoy just a little bit more. Yes. You would say that. Can you say that? Would you can you, I, would you attest I, to that? I, I appreciate life a whole lot more. I, I understand how short life is now. You know, because I'm 61 years old. You know, so I know that the years are getting shorter now than they were when I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Never thought about you know death. You know, unless you had a car accident or mm-hmm. fell off a motorcycle something so yeah i appreciate it more i appreciate the small things in life more i don't get as as upset mm-hmm. at the inequities that i see in the world mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. even though i'm still I'm, I, it's, it's still, still passionate I'm you're still, still passionate, passionate it, i don't i don't get I, I don't get upset anymore um I, my daughter is doing a year study abroad in ireland okay. even though i'm not feeling all 100 percent I took her to Ireland and helped her get um, settled into mm-hmm. her apartment and the whole bit. Um, and I never, ever wanted to visit Europe. That wasn't on my bucket list. I, Africa, Australia, yeah, yeah. China, mm-hmm. some places I was interested in visiting. Uh, but, you know, I, I learned to enjoy it, you know. and, and You're taking things in stride. Now. I actually drank a Guinness my last day there. <laughs> you can't go to Dublin, Ireland and not, not drink a Guinness. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So you're appreciating life. It's slow down. I would like to, this is Jose Candelario. We're keeping it 100, 103.5 FM, WNHH, New Haven Independent.org. Len, let me reintroduce you to the the new and improved <laughs> Darnell Goldson. Uh, take your time. Reach out to him, have a conversation because uh, we had this conversation that people have a memory of the last time they saw us or the last time they, they you know, yes. and don't realize that when you go through something like this, you are a little bit altered. Yeah. Maybe fundamentally you're the same, but like you say, you're not as angry. You're you're probably a better listener I now. I am altered a lot. It's <laughs> not a little bit. I am altered a lot. And, and we all appreciate that. We thank God that you're here with us and still advocating for our children and being part of our, our time is up. Yeah. That That is it. Yes. And, and you thought that it was going to take forever, but no. Um, nope. It, it, it's, this is it. We're life, here. Life is short, you know, and, 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 and a little bit of time left. You got to make sure you give as much as possible while enjoying what's there so you can't enjoy it anymore. And those are the final words from <laughs> wisdom here from Norman. Darnell, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. you and um, we'll have you back on in a couple of months to see how this search is going and have another conversation about whatever you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh, wow. As you can tell, I'm always ready. <laughs> With that said, thank you, Harry Draws, New Haven Independent, La Voz Radio for having us. This has been Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario. <laughs>
Oh, oh, oh.